No, it's very, very, very well, thank you. Sure. I started, I started with a few bangs, literally and figuratively. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a hard road ahead of us, but we will deal with My that. Thank you. Gracious, I've, I've not. I've not experienced the start like this uh, of a year. Uh, I cannot remember if I've ever in my parliamentary career have started the year this way that this one has started. So, uh, yeah. But um, we are strong. Okay. But we are strong. We are strong. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, Shelembe, uh, good morning, sir. I can see Honorable uh, Marais is trying to get what we're talking about. Uh, I think he must come to uh, Zululand so that, I mean, he'll be uh, fine with uh, the Zulu language. <laughs> 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 hey, uh, yeah. why not? Why not? Why not? Eh? Why not? Yes, no, 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 no. I, 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 will, I will give him a, a site um, in in my uh, era here uh, under Inkosi Tama. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. But he, but he will, he will be forced to I mean, to join Amabuto with a shield, you know, um, with uh, the sticks, no kiris, you know. Exactly. Uh, tra- tra- traditional um, attire, all that stuff. He must learn uh, to, to 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 wear those things and keep those things with him. No, we'll we'll, we'll ensure we we um, uh, mentor him. Well, I, uh, I can tell you, I can bring my own nobkiri. Eh? I've uh, inherited one from my father, so uh, oh. so maybe I can bring my own. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 no, Mr. Barre. Yeah, I wanna come. I want to come to your defense, man. You know, don't go to visit yeah. then. Yeah. The floods will the, the floods they will neutralize you. I tell you. They what? The floods. The floods there. Oh will yes, neutralize will neutralize you. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. Uh, I see, I also see uh Miss Lechwasse. Uh Miss Lechwasse, uh, uh, good morning and welcome. Mr. Kwasi? Good morning, Chair. How are you? I'm okay. How are you, Chair? Good. I'm okay, Sissy. Um, all the best for, for, the new, for the new year. Thanks and same to you. Okay. Le Kwasi, it's been a long time. And I'm so alive, eh? My phone, my, my, my phones are still working. My numbers are still the same. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, good morning. In course, Good morning, Dabezita. Ninja, 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 I know Sabang and the visit and peeling. Oh, and he's wrong. I don't have. I imagine you as a man, and I was saddled. I think Sindang was in the Sandor and Savat. 
the time now is two minutes to 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 uh, ten o'clock. Um, the, this is the agenda for for today. Um, uh, essentially, uh, two items. Let's say two or three items. But the main item for the day is item number three. Um, is the presentation by the DOD on the findings of the ministerial task team on the procurement of uh, um, the interferon uh, drug from Cuba by, by, by the department. So that's the main item uh, for the day. And then the other two, um, mainly uh, in-house or housekeeping uh, items. I think item number four, it is a change that was necessitated by the fact that um, one of the meetings where we suggested that uh, it be a physical meeting somewhere in Pretoria or Gauteng. Uh, on that day, uh, there's a, a debate on the state of the nation address. So it may not you know, um, sit when uh, some of us will be expected to be in Cape, in Cape Town. On that account, we have revised, we have simple swapped the items, but I will introduce the issue uh, when we get to item number four. And then item number five is the, just the usual matter, um, consideration and adoption of outstanding minutes. There's only one set, uh, it's the minute of the 8th of December. Colleagues, I welcome all of you um, to this meeting, uh, this being the, the, the first meeting of the year. I wish uh, everything of the best uh, uh, for all of you uh, as we start uh, this uh, new year. We've been a good team and uh, certainly will <clears throat> improve on that so that um, we, we um, stay true to uh, our commitment uh, to the constitution. And uh, <clears throat> for apologies, colleagues, um, let me, Brian, do you have um, apologies? Yes, Chair. Uh, we do have an apology, Chair, from uh, Minister. She is currently on leave until the 31st, but she has indicated that uh, Deputy Minister is delegated to, to lead the delegation. Yes, no, no, no. Uh, yes, uh, thank you very much, Brian. I've heard that the Minister is indisposed. And uh, Minister Lamola, uh, Minister of Justice and Constitutional Services, is acting in that position. And uh, but he's not in the meeting today. Uh, he did indicate that um, <clears throat> uh, the DM would be leading 
the delegation. All right. So, DM, uh, welcome uh, to you, sir. Uh, good morning. Uh, Deputy Minister. Okay. The Deputy Minister doesn't look like he's in the meeting already. Um, okay. <clears throat> Let me let me just finish the apologies before I welcome uh, everyone else. Uh, uh, is that is that the only apology, um, Brian? That is correct, Chair. Okay. And uh, Mr. Murray, is there any apology? I see your hand. Uh, no, so it's not it's not only about an apology. It's it's only about the agenda. Oh, it's only about the agenda. Okay. Maybe let me take a comment on the agenda. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Um, just in terms of the agenda, I just want to get clarity. Um, first of all, in terms of the minister, it's obviously disappointing that she's not here, but if she is sick, uh, I don't know the extension of her, of her illness. Um, if she's been, um, you know, uh, substituted by Minister Lamola, I mean, it means that it, it must be something serious. So, uh, so maybe somewhere along the line, we will just get more information so that we can more be more empathetic and maybe sympathetic to her and extend our our. Do you really want to discuss the apology? No, I said about the agenda. Please, let's focus on the agenda. Okay, right. Uh, but that, that that's part of the agenda is that the minister's absence, um, and then secondly, um, just on the agenda. Um, I am just concerned that whilst we were promised the report by both the previous minister and current minister of are you, Defense, are, you, are you not preempting? Are you not preempting the the item? No, no. I, I, I well, obviously you will you will be able to respond to this. Um, let's let's so, not preempt the item. No, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not preempting. I'm just. I'm just looking at, at the at the Mr. report. Mr. Murray. The, yes, the, agenda, the agenda was adopted when we adopted the program. Yes. Okay, uh, I, I was actually not expecting any comment on the on the agenda as it were. And there's, I allow comments if it is a new item and members were not aware about it. So it remains as it was adopted. Yes, it was adopted, but the but the report was also promised, and we didn't get the report. No, no, let's 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 deal with the agenda, Mr. Murray. Okay, so in other words, you overrule me. Thank you. Yes, let's well, do that. Thank you for that, but it, it doesn't right. have... So we're still on item number one. Still on item number one. Let's take one step at a time. And uh, I, otherwise, we'll trip and fall. Right. So uh, they, so we finished the, the, agenda, the, 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 the apologies. I want to welcome... Uh, I see on the platform that there is uh, Professor Reeves um, from uh, SAPRA is in the meeting. Uh, um, Professor Reeves, and uh, I don't know who else from SAPRA is in the meeting, and uh, but I welcome uh, uh, the prof and the head delegation. Okay. I also, thank you so much. I also see that um, uh, uh, Mr. Lawrence, um, 
sorry, the AG office is present, is represented by Lawrence Van Firen, and uh, I also see Mbali uh, Zodetsi. And um, <clears throat> so those are the two uh, colleagues from AGSA, um, uh, the Auditor General Office of South Africa that I am able to see on the platform. Colleagues, uh, good morning and welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. And uh, uh, the Chief of the South African Defense, but before I, I go to the Chief, uh, I see that the Deputy Minister has, uh, is on the, on the platform, uh, Deputy Minister. Uh, Chairperson, uh, good morning and uh, good morning to members of the Oversight Committee. Thank you very much. Thank you. And um, the SecDef, I've not seen SecDef. Uh, I am connected, Chair. Oh, you are connected. Uh, good morning yes. and welcome. Thank you. And also, Chair, just to say that the members of the Ministerial Task Team are also connected. Oh, yes. And uh, no, thank Let me just, uh, okay, just before I go to the members of the ministerial test team, I see that the chief of the defense force uh, is in the meeting. And uh, I don't know who else from that environment you would know, Sektev. Well, we have uh, also proposed that the, the Surgeon General be here and uh, Dr. Kennel Munisi uh, also be connected. Okay. Thank you very much. And uh, Chief, uh, good morning. Good morning and thank you, Chair and members of the Portfolio Committee. Uh, I am with uh, the Surgeon General and uh, Dr. Munisi. Thank you very uh, much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, General. All right. And I see other senior uh, managers in the department, the CFO, the chief log, and, and so on. Uh, thank you very much and welcome to all of you. And uh, colleagues, let me also welcome uh, the members of the special, uh, the ministerial task team. And uh, it's chaired by um, uh, the former well, it's chaired by uh, in, in Mr. Zolide Ngagana. And um, I know there is also uh, uh, Dr. Keshes Lubisi. And um, I don't see other members, but they will introduce, they will introduce the other members. Oh, there's also uh, uh, Mr. Billy Masetla. Uh, Those are the three members of the task team um, I see. I think, um, I think it, compliment, it, it completes their compliment on, the, on their side, but of course they, they are supported by, by the team. So colleagues, uh, this is the team uh, and I welcome everyone else uh, who are part of the de delegation and um, as led by the different heads that I've just uh, mentioned, or different leaders of the delegation that I've just mentioned. All right, colleagues, let's quickly then go to item uh, three, um, that is the briefing by the department. Let's allow the briefing first because it's an item on the agenda, and then I will entertain any concern arising uh, out, of the, out of it. 
so that I, I don't bedevil the, the item. All right, colleagues, uh, SecDef, uh, but before, I think before SecDef, uh, the minister, the deputy minister is in the meeting um, representing the, the, the ministry. Uh, over to you, sir. Chairperson uh, and honorable members of the Portfolio Committee on Defense and Military Veterans, uh, good morning and thank you for the opportunity. Chair, let me just quickly say the following before I hand over to the ministerial task team to present to the Oversight Committee the report on the work they have done around uh, the procurement of interferon. Uh, <clears throat> by the department. Uh, firstly, to say that, Chair, as uh, you have already you know, remarked, it is uh, indeed regrettable that the Minister for Reasons Beyond Her Control is not uh, present today to table this report uh, to the Portfolio Committee. Um, <clears throat> the the, the minister's office is aware of uh, a, a request that came from one of the committee members that as the report is being tabled, uh, there is a desire that the report be released to the portfolio committee. Uh, <clears throat> that matter is a matter which uh, has been uh, properly discussed, and uh, we concluded that uh, it is only the right thing to do to leave the release of, of the report to the minister's uh, uh, prerogative on her return back uh, uh, to office, to the office. Uh, reason being that uh, <clears throat> the task team as members are aware was established as a ministerial task team noting of course that uh, it is an inquiry which uh, the minister undertook uh, following discussions on the matter by the portfolio committee nevertheless the report is a yeah. ministerial you know do, report do, do, do you have an objection to setting your veto on um i can uh, i can set my video on chair please uh, do. Uh, where the signal the reception gets weaker uh, then you and they yeah, have you reconsider to the decision turn it off right. yes so that's right. right okay it's fine with me that's right uh, so, as I was saying, Chair, the uh, decision to release the report will be made uh, by the minister. Uh, but uh, we do take cognizance that uh, the inquiry was uh, conducted following uh, the consents of the Oversight Committee as well. Uh, the second point, Chair, that I thought I should just quickly make uh, 
or draw attention to draw the attention of the committee to is that the report uh, the copy of the report that was released to the committee was under the auspices of the Department of Defense. It is a procedural mistake that we made. Uh, the report is the, the report of the ministerial task team. It is not the report of the Department of Defense because the Department of Defense was or is the subject of the investigation and the, 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 the report could not be a report of the Department of Defense. It is the report of the MTT and will be presented to the Portfolio Committee by the uh, MTT. Um, there are, of course, uh, uh, issues which uh, we can, as the Ministry, comment upon at the end of the presentation following the discussion of the committee. Uh, we're very much willing to share whatever else from the side of the ministry that uh, will be uh, of use and will be appropriate to be shared with the oversight. With that said, Chair, uh, and uh, the earlier introduction you have made of members of the task team, that is uh, Mr. Zolile Nakani, the chair of the task team, Mr. Bilima Setla and Dr. Keshas Lubisi, I will then hand over to the task team to present the report. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, uh, DM. Uh, over to you, um, uh, Chairperson. So, uh, if I may come in, I do apologize. It's Professor Reese here because we would like to, as SAPRA, raise some concerns before the presentation, if we may. Oh yes, oh yes. You know your 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 injunction, uh, Prof. Uh, it reminds me of uh, a note that I received from the HS office in relation to one of the findings, and uh, I will also give them the opportunity to um, read it onto the record. Uh, maybe that they are in the meeting. No, it's fine. I will grant you the opportunity, uh, Prof. Um, after uh, the presentation. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, I now invite um, the chair of the ministerial task team. Thank you, Chairperson. And uh, thanks to the members of honorable members of the of the Portfolio Committee. Uh, I would like to just indicate and point out the that in a classified internal memorandum that was subsequently lead, leaked to the commercial media by unknown persons, Major General Elsie Ford accused the SANDF of irregular processes during the procurement of Hebron Alpha R2D human recombinant Alpha 2D interferon, a drug procured from the Republic of Cuba by the SNDF. In its 
readiness preparations to fight against COVID-19. As the last line of defense in South Africa's martial forces against the pandemic. Major General Ford questioned whether there was any need to procure the interferon. He questioned the period in which this was decided. The period in which the interferon was actually procured. The approval of the use of interferon. The processes followed during the procurement of interferon. The delivery and storage of the interferon. The payment for the interferon and whether or not the procurement of interferon was conducted within the relevant prescripts. The then Minister of Defense and Military Veterans, Ms. Nosivue Mapisa Nakula, took a decision to appoint a ministerial trustee to investigate a, a much broader set of allegations of fraud corruption and misuse of state funds against the Department of Defense, including the allegations made by Major General Ford, as I've indicated. Therefore, the MTT is charged with the responsibility to prepare a report with findings and support recommendations to the Minister of Defense and Military Veterans. As has already been indicated, the members of the trust team are three members, myself, Zorile Nakani, as chair, Mr. Billy Masetla, and Dr. Cassius Ubisi. To support the MTT, we have a secretariat made up of Major Wanda Zondi from the DOD, Mr. Lesekhom Dao, who comes from NICO, and Tebucho Tiki from DERCO. Uh, later, we also we were provided with advocate Bira Kale from DOD. The ministerial task team is expected to establish the veracity of fraud and corruption allegations in the procurement and maintenance programs in the South African Army, the South African Air Force, Logistics Division, South African Military Health Services, the Human Resources Division, the Joint Operations, the veracity of allegations of assassinations and death threats against members of the DOD, and any other related allegations which may be brought to the MTTT attention during the inquiry. The report we are submitting today is a sub-report of MTT's broad report. The current focus, as indicated in the agenda, is on the findings made in regard to allegations of irregular processes during the procurement of interferon alpha 2b from the Republic of Cuba. Now, the ministerial team, because of pressure of time, divided its work into three work streams. And the Matters which are related to the procurement of interferon B are dealt with by Webstream 3, which Dr. Lubisi 
was the principal investigator of. So, Chair, I would request that I hand over to Dr. Lubisi to proceed with giving the more details of the of, of the report with your permission. Thank you, Dr. Lubisi. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, and good morning to members of the Portfolio Committee on Defense and Military Veterans and uh, other colleagues, uh, particularly from SAPRA and the Office of the AG. Uh, I would like us to uh, first, uh, we've got the presentation. It's, it's, it's. Uh, I think it's controlled from uh, the portfolio committee secretariat. Uh, if they can go to slide B, uh, slide two, with the picture. The slide the, after the, this. One. The, the next slide. The slide after the, the, the head slide. Yes, that, that slide. I, we, we, we want to uh, ensure that we speak of the same, about the same thing. Please go back to the, the, picture, picture. the, picture, the picture slide. Thank you. Uh, we will consistently throughout uh, this presentation refer to a vial. Uh, we wanted all of us to be clear what we are talking about. Uh, because uh, during the investigation, we've heard all sorts of things uh, which were not true. Um, when we refer to a vial, we refer to that small bottle. There are two small bottles there. These are the things we refer to as vials. So when we say 709,000 vials, we mean those small bottles. So I think uh, we, it's, it's so that is clear. Uh, we don't face questions uh, at the end. Uh, if we can go to the to slide six, which uh, talks to to the methodology, because the rest uh, earlier the chairperson has uh, of the of the task team has uh, spoken about this. Uh, we adopted an inquisitorial approach, as the chairperson indicated. A complaint was laid in an internal memorandum by General Leslie Ford. And uh, we were tasked with looking at that. And uh, we've indicated uh, uh, to the Minister of Defense uh, when he she took office that our mandate is much broader, broader than the interferon issue. It's much, much broader. The interferon issue actually is a small part of our, of our, of our, of our work. We adopted an inquisitorial approach, which means that uh, we were on a fact-finding mission. We're trying to establish what happened when and uh, who did what and uh, the relationship between various players uh, in this uh, saga. Uh, we did not adopt an adversarial approach. In other words, we did not have accused, nor did we have suspects. Uh, because we did not, we did not ourselves know uh, who exactly was involved and what they did. So we 
we, our approach is inquisitorial in nature. Uh, we went on an extensive review of documents, um, various documents, uh, uh, including reports, uh, including policy documents, legislation. Uh, we looked at uh, email uh, trails. Uh, we looked at letters, uh, correspondence, and uh, all manner of uh, documents uh, we, we, we went through. Uh, we interviewed key stakeholders, uh, some of whom are in the meeting today. Um, we have a sworn statement uh, by one uh, member from ProTechnic uh, at uh, one of the companies of, uh, of AMSCO. Next slide, please. Now, we thought it is important to uh, place uh, this uh, situation, uh, this uh, MTT investigation uh, in its proper context. Um, uh, Dr. Zhang Xixian um, uh, treated uh, three patients with a novel manifestation of pneumonia in Wuhan city in the Hebei province of the People's Republic of China on the 26th and the 27th of December 2019 and sounded the alarm bell uh, to Wuhan city, the province of Hebei, the People's Republic of China, and essentially uh, 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 the world, even though the announcement was not uh, made immediately. Uh, COVID-19 uh, caused by the novel virus, uh, coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 had landed. The World Health Organization was caught off guard, um, just like all of us were caught off guard. I don't think there's a single person on earth who said, who can claim that they were not caught off guard. They were, all of us were caught off guard. Uh, on the 30th of January, 2020, uh, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 as a public health emergency of international concern. On the 11th of March, it was only on the 11th of March, 2020, that the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 as a global pandemic. Uh, the, the Director General of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus, uh, gave a four-point strategy to nations to follow, calling on nations to innovate. A global war against an unknown enemy had been declared. So, in the view of the task team, when assessing strategies and tactics adopted during this period, it is best to caution against evalu evaluating all crime action, all time actions against peacetime criteria. And this is a very difficult balance uh, to strike, uh, we, we must admit. Uh, next slide, please. The outbreak of COVID-19 caused widespread uncertainty throughout the world, with no one knowing how effectively to counter the pandemic. No country, and we mean no country, knew how to protect its citizens. It was in this context that the South African National Defense Force began exploring ways in which to protect its members, especially given the prospect of members being employed to combat the viral army of SARS-CoV-2 in the residential and commercial areas throughout the length and breadth of the country, uh, as it did happen uh, later on. The 
we learned that the SNDF had, had anticipated that this would happen. The Military Command Council took it as its sole responsibility to take extraordinary measures to heighten force protection against an unknown killer virus. And then around February 20, March 20, March 2020, the MCC began discussing the then impending pandemic and how to protect its own members from the novel coronavirus. Uh, in this regard, the MCC made contact with, among others, the Cuban Revolutionary Armed Forces and the People's Liberation Army of the People's Republic of China through virtual platforms to explore ways of preparing their, their respective militaries in their fight against COVID-19. Next slide, please. In and about February 2020, the then Surgeon General of the SANDF, uh, Lieutenant General uh, Dr. Zola Dabula, uh, visited Cuba. Um, his visit was not to look at COVID-19. His visit was about something else. Uh, there were issues, uh, in fact, ructions uh, is the right word to use, uh, emanating from the SNDF uh, young military cadets that were studying medicine in Cuba, who were worried that their qualification might not uh, be recognized by the HPCSA, the Health Professions Council, uh, on their return to the country because there were some disagreements uh, related to uh, the internship which they had to serve, the question whether to serve it in Cuba or to serve it in South Africa. Because of uh, various failed attempts to deal with this matter, uh, Lieutenant General Dabula, the SG, went to Cuba, accompanied by the then president of the, of the Health Professions Council, uh, Dr. Jose Litlape, to try to resolve this matter and to give confidence to the cadets that what they are hearing is not from the SANDF to assure them it comes from the Health Professions Council itself. During this period, as they were trying to resolve this matter, General Dabula informs us that fortuitously they started discussing the impending uh, a global pandemic as they were watching it in China. At that time, there was no case of coronavirus in South Africa. Uh, the Cubans indicated that uh, it, had, it had landed, the coronavirus had landed in Cuba, but they were able to, they are dealing with it using uh, interferon alpha-2b, and they're using it as an immune booster or immune modulator on members of the Revolutionary Armed Forces, as well as the general public. General Dabula and his delegation were showed preliminary studies on the efficacy of the interferon, as well as being given anecdotal evidence of how the drug kept hospitalization and death among members of the Revolutionary Armed Forces, and the general Cuban population at a bare minimum. Further, the delegation was taken to the Center for Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology, the CIGB, the laboratory center where, which produces various drugs in Cuba, including interferon alpha-2b. General Dabula, based on his exposure in Cuba, 
on his return to South Africa, advised the Military Command Council, the MCC, to consider adopting the use of the interferon alpha 2b for members of the NCNDF who were preparing for deployment into residential and commercial areas. Uh, next slide, please. Now, following General Dabula's briefing to the MCC, several virtual meetings were held between the SANDF and the Cuban Revolutionary Armed Forces and the CIGB on, on, the, on the treatment uh, using interferon. The meetings were led by the respective Surgeons General of Cuba and South Africa. The first meeting was attended uh, on the South African side by, among others, uh, the then Chief of the SANDF, General Sori Shoghi, Lieutenant General Dabula, uh, Colonel Dr. Tabum Nisi, and a number of independent and reserve force mem doctors. Uh, Brigadier, the, uh, our then defense attache in Cuba, uh, Brigadier General Tozi Majola, uh, attended from the same room with the Cuban delegation in Havana. The SNDF, uh, the then chief of the SNDF was not present, however, in subsequent meetings held on virtual platforms between the Cuban Revolutionary Armed Forces, as well as meetings with the People's Liberation Army of the People's Republic of China. General Shoka informed the MTT that he had asked Lieutenant General Dabula to invite representatives of the health department to attend the first and subsequent meeting, virtual meetings with the Cuban Revolutionary Armed Forces and the CIGB, but no representatives uh, from the Department of Health uh, ever attended the meeting, the meetings we were informed. On the 23rd of March, 2020, His Excellency, next slide, please. His Excellency, the President, announced a national lockdown from 26 March 2020 following the declaration of a national state of disaster by the Minister of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs on the 15th of March 2020. This was accompanied by the deployment of 2,820 members of the SANDF to support SEPS, the South African Police Service, in the fight against COVID-19 with an addition of 73,180 more members of the SNDF by April 22, 2020. The Defense Force deployment against COVID-19 was named Operation Nojela, which is to lock in, uh, playing on the term lockdown, and consisted of various aspects, including inter-alia security, law enforcement, water provision, engineering support, and medical and health support. So it was not just to walk the streets and enforce laws. The, the SNDF uh, uh, employment of, of, its, of its members had various elements to it. It is these members, these 76,000 members, that were deployed in support of the SAPS with a view to flattening the SARS-CoV-2 infections that the Military Command Council of the SANDF was concerned with. Further, the leadership of the SNDF informed the MTT that it was understood that the principle of rotation was to be adopted as Operation Notlela unfolded. In practice, this meant 
that the actual number of deployed members could grow significantly depending on the number of future rotations. Because at that time, it was not known how the virus uh, will behave. Next slide, please. Now, in his internal memorandum of 28 September 2020, Major General Leslie Ford states that, and I quote, it is not clear who created the demand for the interferon and that it is understood that said requirement was not initiated by SAMS and in bracket JDP 0003-2004. This, this JDP uh, document is an internal policy document of the SANDF, of the Department of Defense, uh, rather, it's not just of the SANDF, it's the whole Department of Defense. This document is known as, is, is titled Processes and Procedures for the Procurement and Sales in Respect of Commercial Goods and Services. Now, Chapter 3 of this document stipulates a number of requirements for the submission of needs. In this case, the need we are talking about is the need identified uh, uh, to bring in interferon. The document stipulates that, uh, I quote, it is the responsibility of clients to establish and state their actual requirements, that is, what goods or services must be procured. It is accepted that clients have established that the requirements are really required, close quote. The document further stipulates information that should be supplied for the need that has been identified. And this include, include a detailed description of the need, specifications, quantities, delivery requirements, specific suppliers, and availability of funds. When we looked at this matter, uh, the allegation uh, from the side of the MTT, we, we found that the allegation made by General Ford that SAMS, the South African Military Health Service of the South African National Defense Force, which was the client in this regard, the allegation that it, SAMS did not submit such a need in terms of JDP 0003 is partly substantiated. It was the MCC made a finding. Lieutenant General Davula, who, after being briefed by the Cuban Revolutionary Armed Forces and the Center for Genetic Engineering and Biotechnologies, the CIGB, who identified the need in his capacity as Surgeon General. However, the MTT finds that the Lieutenant General Dabula did not cause the submission of the need in terms of the policy document JDP 0003-2004. Instead, next slide, please. Instead, General Dabula briefed the MCC, the Military Command Council, the highest decision-making body in the SNDR and recommended the procurement of interferon 
from Cuba. In fact, the MCC confirms this in a later statement day early last year on the 28th of January 2021. The MCC firmly stated, and we quote, that as the military command, we want to put it on record that the Surgeon General is the only authority for the medical force protection in the SNDF during war and during peacetime, close quote. The MCC approved Lieutenant General Dabula's recommendation to procure interferon alpha-2b from Cuba. So if it is there's a body that approved, it is the MCC that approved. The then Surgeon General submitted that the Cubans made it clear to him and his delegation that interferon was not a vaccine, but was an immune booster or immune modulator. So the question of vaccine versus immune booster does not arise. The SNDF, from what we can find, uh, was fully aware uh, of, uh, of, of the difference between the two. We are made to understand. Uh, the then SG submitted that the Cubans made, uh, rather, the use of interferon, sorry, Chair, for the treatment of COVID-19 has, however, not been approved by the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority, SAPRA. Therefore, in regard to the allegations made by General Ford, we find that the allegation that the, the close, close quote uh, uh, open quote, the drug is not SAPRA approved for use within the Republic of South Africa, close quote, is substantiated. We find that General Ford was correct uh, in, in, in this uh, uh, allegation. The drug indeed is not approved. We wish to submit as the MTT. Now, we'll come to SAPRA's interaction with, uh, with the interferon. We had a, a lengthy discussion uh, with SAPRA uh, to try to get a sense of uh, their role, uh, as well as how they uh, uh, approach the matter of uh, interferon. SAPRA informed us that they received an application from SAMS for the use of the bar of the bulk stock of the interferon on the 27th of August, 2020. The application, which did not show any quantities and contained no information on the clinical benefit of interferon, was subsequently rejected by SAPRA. However, on the 5th of October, 2020, SAPRA approved an application from SAMS to use 10 vials of the interferon for the treatment of a single patient in terms of section 21 of the Medicines and Related Substances Act. Again, on 21st October 2020, SAPRA received another application for the authorization of the use of the bulk stock of the interferon. Again, with no mention of quantities and other relevant information. This application was also rejected. SAPRA eventually visited 
The South African Military Health Base Depot in Pretoria on the 29th of January, 2021, with a view to discussing the arrival of the interferon from Cuba without SAPRA's approval. SAPRA informed the MTT that on that occasion, their inspectors were accompanied by two officers from the Directorate for Priority Crime Investigation, the EPCI, and known as the HOPS. Next slide, please. SAPRA, in its engagement with the MTT, claimed that they had written several letters and email messages to SAMS to discuss a way forward in relation to interferon alpha 2b to no avail. SAPRA and SAMS again met on the 9th of February 2021 to take the discussion on the interferon alpha 2b forward. The follow-up meeting was again held between the two organizations the 12th of February 2021. At this meeting, an agreement was reached that SEMS would submit a clinical trial application for the use of interferon on 8,000 members of the Defense Force. Upon receipt of the clinical trial, SAPRA would fast-track the review in the same manner it did with the COVID-19 vaccine clinical trial. SAMS committed to submit on its part, the clinical trial application on the 11th of March, 2021, which deadline, regrettably, was not SAPRA then wrote to SAMS, demanding an action plan in regard to the interferon, failing which SAPRA would move in to seize and destroy the interferon, as provided for in the Medicines and Related Substances Act. SAMS responded to SAPRA's letter on the 31st of March, 2021 giving an undertaking to provide required, the required action plan by 9 April and a clinical trial protocol by the 1st of May 2021. Next slide, please. Upon SAMHSA's submission of the clinical trial application, SAPRA found that the application still had significant information gaps. Thereafter, the two teams met with a view to clarifying the regulatory requirement for the clinical trial application. SAMS ultimately submitted a revised clinical trial on the 9th of July, 2021. When SAPRA reviewed the application, again, it found gaps, which the regulator communicated to SAMS in writing with a deadline set for resubmission set for 29 July. 2021, which deadline again was not met. During the MTT's discussion with SAPRA on the 21st of September, 2021, the regulator informed the MTT that SAMS had been given a new deadline of 1 October 2021 to respond to the queries that had been contained in their letter of 19 July. SAMS did not meet the deadline of 1 October 2021, as some of the requirements of SAPRA required lengthy chain, uh, supply chain management processes. Uh, uh, Kennel Dr. Tabomnisi informed the MTT, who, who, is, the leader, who was, is the leader of the SAMS team that was dealing with this matter of interferon alpha-2b, informed the MTT that the primary requirement SAMS has to meet is the appointment of a clinical research organization which will help answer some of the queries SAPRA had. In this regard, 
the Secretary for Defense wrote to the Office of the Chief Procurement Officer at National Treasury, requesting permission to deviate from normal SCM pro processes in the appointment of the clinical research organization, which the Office of the Chief Procurement Officer turned down. Next slide, please. The MTT has subsequently learned that SAPRA had withdrawn the initial offer to consider a, a clinical trial application for 8,000 SNDF members and had threatened to destroy the medication if it is not returned to Cuba, which clearly was a major escalation in the fraught relations between the SNDF and SAPRA. There, is now a, there was now then a major risk as the expiry dates of the interference were approaching ever so fast. Another matter that SAPRA raised with the SANDF in a letter purportedly written on the second, 22nd of July, 2021, which of course uh, we didn't see, is the port of entry of the interferon alpha-2b into the country. In terms of regulation 12 sub one of the regulations for the Medicines and Related Substances Act, no one can import medicines into South Africa unless those medicines come through the following ports of entry. Oartambo International Airport, Cape Town International Airport, Cape Town Harbor, Durban International Airport, which is King Shaga International Airport, Durban Harbor, Babeja International Airport, which is now known as the Chief David Stirman International Airport, and Babeja Harbor. As can be seen from these, from this list, uh, which we have just uh, read, Air Force Base Waterkloof is not one of the ports of entry through which imported medicines can enter the country. As a result, the MTT finds that the importation of the first two consignments through Air Force Base Waterkloof was in violation of Regulation 12, sub one of the regulations for the Medicines and Related Substances Act. Now we come through the matter of ideology and medicines control. This is a matter that has been raised with us over and over again in our interactions with various senior members of the South African National Defense Force. Every time we, we, we try to engage on the matter of the relationship between the SNDF, SAMS, and, and SAPRA, given that they, were, they are both state institutions and uh, the constitutions enjoins them to continuously work in a, a cooperative manner in order to resolve matters and that they should not take each other to court and they should rather resolve matters uh, peacefully. And if they don't, they are not able to do so, uh, these matters should, uh, anyone can, draw, can raise an intergovernmental uh, 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 complaint in, li in line with the Intergovernmental Relations uh, Framework uh, Act. Now, these members of the N senior members of the uh, SNDF allege that SAPRA seemed to be doing the bidding for the dominant pharmaceutical monopolies or oligarchies that consistently seeks to stifle any competition especially one that unconventionally comes from the likes of the Republic of Cuba, 
or any other source outside the dominant Western axis led by US and European pharmaceuticals. This was categorized by the senior members of the SNDF as part of an ideological slant that has consistently dominated the pharma industry since the Dome of Freedom in South Africa in 1994. The MTT did not have evidence, was, did not see any evidence that SAPRA was dealing with the matter of uh, interferon because it is uh, adopting an ideological slant uh, supporting uh, Western pharma, Western pharma industry. Jefferson, is it only me that is now not hearing anything more? I'm also, I, I'm also experiencing the same problem. Uh, Dr. Lubisi, are you still in the meeting? Um, just, I think we lost him. Uh, what happened? Uh, okay. The, uh, hello, uh, Dr. Lubisi, how, how are you? The, the, the system kicked you out, eh? Or you try to reconnect us fine. I will convey the message. Thank you so much. Okay, then. Thanks. Uh, colleagues, is trying to reconnect. Colleagues, I'm still waiting for uh, Dr. Lubisi to reconnect. I have just admitted him back into the meeting chair. I'm sure he should be up any second now. Okay, that's fine. Thanks, Brian. Uh, so, uh, apologies, Chair. We're back. Uh, we had a small uh, power failure. It's uh, it's back again. Okay. You can hear me, Chair? Yes, I can hear you clearly now. Okay. We were at the point where we, the MTT, uh, said we did not find any evidence in support or in contradiction of the assertion made by the SNDF in relation to SAPRA's uh, approach in its dealings on, uh, on, on interferon alpha 
a 2B. The MTT decided neither to discount nor to affirm uh, this claim by the leadership of the SANDF. However, what we can affirm is the common, common cause in relation to the political economy of the pharmaceutical industry in South Africa. Namely, the oligarchic nature of the industry dominated by near monopolies largely headquartered in Western capitals. Next slide, please. The procurement of the interferon. The MTT established that the responsibility to procure interferon alpha 2B was placed on the logistics division of the SANDF by the military command council because generally the uh, logistics division is the one that uh, procures, the procurement office is located in the logistics division. However, the identity of the persons who provided the log division with specifications, including quantities to be procured, uh, was generally uh, uh, usually uh, disputed among mem members of the, of the senior members of the Defense Force. The MTT established that SAMS under General Dabula identified the need to order interferon, interferon to treat 100,000 members of the SNDF, and 100,000 members were quoting, which this was contained in a classified letter signed by General Shoke on the 8th of April, 2020. The MTT established that the letter had been drafted by the office of the then Surgeon General, uh, Lieutenant General Dabula. Next slide, please. The procurement was supposedly conducted under an existing bilateral agreement between Cuba and South Africa. Uh, this agreement is a public document. Uh, it was signed publicly in Pretoria on the 10th of January on our side, on the South African side, by the then Minister of Defense and Military Veterans, Minister and on the Cuban side by the then Cuban Vice President, uh, Mr. Ulysses Rosales del Toro. Now, based on this government-to-government -government agreement that was signed by Minister Sisulu, the then Chief of the SNDF, General Shokes, subsequently signed two military-to-military -military agreements with Cuba on the 18th of August, 2014. These agreements under the rubric of Operation Tusano were contract TI-17-001 South Africa, meant to provide for collaboration on professional vocation and technical services, and contract TI-17-002 South Africa, to provide for collaboration on vocational training services. It is common cause to those who are familiar with these contracts that various supplements of these two contracts have since been signed between the SANDF and the Cuban Revolutionary Armed Forces for specific services. It is in this regard that supplement number 10 to contract TI-17-001 South Africa was specifically signed on the 28th of April, 2020 to formalize an agreement on the supply of heparin alpha-R human recombinant alpha-2B interferon. Supplement number 10 was signed by the then chief of the Defense Force, General Shock, on behalf of the SANDF, 
and by the Director General of the Cuban state-owned entity, the import and export Cuban company for technical products known as Techno Import Enterprise, the Director General of which is Mr. Herberto Sanchez Alene. Next slide. The leadership of the SNDF is of the view that the bilateral agreement signed by Minister Sisulu in 2012 and the subsequent military agreement contract TI-17-001 provided the Defense Force the authority to procure interferon without following normal supply chain management processes. As stipulated in section 217 of the constitution, sections 38 and 45 of the Public Finance Management Act, the Treasury Regulation, as well as DOD procedures set out in JDP 0003-2004 processes and procedures for the procurement and sales in respect of commercial goods and services. The SNDF, uh, the leader, leadership of the SNDF cited urgency and the fact that uh, they were fighting an unknown war uh, for their decision to not follow the processes as indicated in the, in the list of documents I've just read above. Now, there is a further argument that at the time the SNDF procured the interferon, Cuba was the sole supplier of Hebron Alpha-R human recombinant Alpha-2B interferon the world over. The People's Republic of China, which initially also ordered vast amounts of interferon from Cuba as part of its arsenal against COVID-19, subsequently developed its own capability to manufacture interferon. The AG, gave the Department of Defense a qualified audit opinion for the 2020-2021 financial year for, among other reasons, their irregular expenditure of 2.1 billion rands, which included 33 million rands for the procurement of interferon from Cuba without approval from SAPRA. The AG further issued a notice of material irregularity on the failure to comply with the Medicines and Related Substances Act to the accounting officer of the DOD, SECDEF, uh, Ambassador Kujo, on the 13th of August, 2021. So at the time of completing our report, it is worth noting that the AG flagged only the irregularity of procuring the interferon without SAPRA's approval and not an irregularity related to supply chain management lapses. We have learned that subsequently, after the completion of our report, at a presentation to the Portfolio Committee on the 1st of December, 2021, the AG now has raised issues related to supply chain management on this matter. But at the time they issued the management letter for the 2020-2021 financial year to the Department of Defense, no such uh, matter was raised. As indicated above, the initial order or request for interferon was made in a letter signed by the chief, then chief of the SNDF on the 8th of April, which also ordered the deployment of various Cuban medical practitioners, specifically 31 of them. 
to fight COVID-19. And there were different uh, 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 professionals, uh, not, not one set of, of medical practitioners, there are different uh, types. The letter of 8th April made a request for interferon to treat 100,000 people as indicated earlier. The figure of 1.2 million doses was stipulated by the head of the medical services of the Cuban Revolutionary Armed Forces in response to General Shoker's letter of 8 April, requesting doses for 100,000 people. The FAR then indicated that to treat 100,000 people would require 1.2 million doses of interferon. The South African embassy in Cuba informed the Cuban Ministry of Foreign Affairs through a note verbal that the aircraft collecting the Cuban Medical Brigade and medication, including the interferon, would leave South Africa on Thursday, the 23rd of April, 2020. This was accordingly acknowledged by the Cuban embassy in South Africa in a note verbal to the Department of International Relations and Cooperation in South Africa. Next slide, please. The first consignment of 130,000 vials arrived in the country on the 27th of April, 2020. The invoice for this consignment, invoice number S0080, dated the 30th of April, 2010, indicates a cost of 2,015,000 US dollars. The second consignment, of 709,594 vials arrived in the country on the 7th of July, 2020. The invoice for this consignment, number S0082, dated 2 July, 2020, indicates a cost of 10,998,707 US dollars. Uh, we, Jefferson, will keep these figures in US dollars because uh, the expectation was that the SNDF would pay, would trans, uh, uh, translate this to rand value on the day they are paid using the actual rand dollar exchange rate on the day of payment. That's why we keep these figures uh, in US dollars and not translate them into rands. The third consignment of uh, 131,101 uh, arrived on the 17th of August, 2020. Therefore, a total of 970,000 695 vials were delivered uh, to the SN to the SAMS uh, base depot in Pretoria at a total amount of 15 million and 45,772 US dollars and 50 cents. Therefore, if the SNDF had ordered 1.2 million, it means at that time when the three consignments had arrived. There was still an outstanding 229,305 vials that had not yet been received from Cuba at, at that time, giving that contingent liability as, indica as indicated. Next slide, please. The then Surgeon General, uh, Dr. Zola Dabula, was asked by General Shoke to represent the SNDF in welcoming the Cuban Medical Brigade at the Air Force Water Flu. Air Force Base Waterkloof on the 27th of April. And at around noon on the 27th of April, Colonel Lorraine May, then com officer commanding the SA Military Health Base Depot, received the telecom 
telephone call from a Kenan woman who informed her to be ready to receive the interferon for cold storage at the base depot. We subsequently learned that Kenel Ngomane uh, is based at the Operation Tusano office in the logistics division of the Defense Force. Kenel May immediately called Lieutenant Kenel E.F. Osborne to mobilize base depot staff to go to the depot to receive the interferon. According to Kenel May, Lieutenant Kenel Osborne managed to find Major Murray to help with the storage of the interferon at the depot. Other staff members were not available as it was a public holiday. The evidence shows that the team that transported the interferon from Air Force Base Waterclub and Ortambo International Airport were fully aware of the temperature requirements of the, of the drugs. These vials were placed in polystyrene containers and covered in, in iceberg, with icebergs and uh, each of them had a lead. The interferon was counted by the base depot staff led by Colonel Osborne the next day on the 28th of, of uh, April in order to double check that the number of boxes and vials had been delivered, uh, that had been delivered the day before, actually matched the quantities that had been shown in the import documentation. The quantities in the import de- documentation were indeed confirmed by the counting done by the base depot officers. There were, there were claims made at the doors that the doors of the refrigerator at the base depot were, where the interferon was, was stored were dysfunctional. The MTT investigated this and found that the claim that the doors of the refrigerator or refrigerators at the base depot were, were dysfunctional. We found this claim to be unsubstantiated and is in fact, sounds more like a figment of a rather fertile imagination. The refrigerator had also had other items such as standard vaccine and other medication of the defense force. Due to the sensitivities around Interferon, Kennel May advised the MTT that she took a decision to move the interferon to another more secure refrigerator, which had also less traffic. The refrigerator is also fully functional and is monitored for temperature twice a day. The Auditor General, the next, yes, yes, thank you. The Auditor General using the temperature monitoring gadgets attached to each batch of the interferon. made a finding that up to 39% of the interferon could have been exposed to temperatures outside the two to eight degrees Celsius range for up to 20 hours. When asked about this finding, the AG clarified that their finding did not mean that the interference integrity had been compromised as a result. All they were pointing out is that up to 39% of the interferon could have been exposed to temperatures outside this. And they were using this uh, yellow uh, gadget, which uh, you could uh, plug onto a computer and read the temperature. This gadget was meant to track the the temperature from the time the interferon left the CIGB to the time it arrived at the SAM space depot in Pretoria throughout. Now, the 
obviously using the uh, AG methodology, this figure is an extrapolation from uh, a sample that the AG had uh, taken from the sample, uh, from the sample, from the various batches. Uh, that is the, those gadgets. The AG did not take any any interferon. Uh, we must be must be clear from the base depot at all. This led Sapra, when the AG raised this matter, this led Sapra to randomly then take 54 vials from the different batches of the interferon for testing. Sapra tested a random sample of three vials. The result from the Sapra test clearly indicate, indicated that the integrity of the interferon remained intact. In this regard, the MTT now regards the public discussion on the integrity of the interferon stored at the military health base depot as closed and no longer has any merit. Payment for the interferon, we want to raise this matter, Chairperson. The Cuban state-owned company Techno Import issued the SNDF as indicated earlier with three invoices for the three consignments. The invoices were received by the Operation Tucano Office at the Log Logistics Division. Invoice number SS0080, SS which is the first invoice, issued on the 30th of April for the 130 vials, uh, total the figure that I indicated, 2 million and 15,000 US dollars. This invoice was misclassified as payment for vocational training services under Operation Tucson and was initially recorded as such in the books of the, of, of the DOD. This was picked up by the AG. The AG picked this up and raised it with the DOD. This was subsequently then corrected by the DOD on the 5th of October, 2020, and correctly classified as drugs under Operation Notlela. Invoice number S0080 was approved for payment by the Chief of Logistics, uh, Lieutenant General J.S. Uh, Mbuli or Under Financial Authority 1229-8052 on the 30th of June, 2020, an amount of 33,496,973.60 was ultimately paid for invoice S0080, which was based on the rent dollar exchange rate on that day. At the time of the completion of our report, invoice number S0082 had not been paid by the SNDF, as well as invoice S0086, it had also not been paid. The CFO, uh, Mr. Spears Keller, disputed these pay the invoices for the second and third consignment, citing irregular procurement processes that were undertaken during the procurement of the interferon, even though at that point, the, uh, the, the AG had not raised SCM issues with the procurement of the interferon from the documents seen by them. The Cuban embassy in South Africa under an old verbal wrote a letter to the then Minister of Defense and Military Veterans, Minister Nusifil Mapisa Nakula, requesting the return of 500,000 vials of the interferon alpha-2b for urgent use in Cuba 
given the real risk that the interference could expire before it can be used in South Africa. The Cuban government promised to replace the 500,000 vials should the regulatory issues dogging the the use of interferon be resolved at a later date. Uh, Next slide, please. We pointed then out uh, that there was an impending, there there were outstanding issues which the, uh, the DOD had to deal with. One was the matter of the payment of the second and third consignment which had arrived. The second one was the, the, the outstanding approval of the use of the drug by SAPRA, uh, which at that time, at the time of the writing of the report, had been complicated further by the stance which has been taken by SAPRA to move in to destroy if the, the medicines were not returned to Cuba. And we indicated to the minister that the three sets of batches of the medication would expire in March, April, and July 2022, respectively, posing a risk, serious risk of fruitless expenditure for the DOD. We indicated that the DOD faced an impending crisis. Uh, I won't go into detail with this uh, uh, chairperson. All what we are saying here is that even if SAPRA were to approve the clinical trial for 8,000 members of the SNDF, it was no longer avoidable at the end of October for some of the drugs, and in fact, most of them, to expire in March and April 2022. We made that prediction that in our calculation of the figures, uh, we thought it is it is too late, uh, even if SAPRA were to approve uh, the the trial. Some of these vials were most of them were to go to expire unless SAPRA were, was was going to say we give you uh, permission for bulk for bulk use, which of course was had been rejected earlier by SAPRA. So we put this impending crisis uh, for 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 the SNGF. So. Then we say, uh, if we go to slide 32, we said that the the defense force really faced two scenarios, what we call the best case scenario and the the doomsday scenario. However, we said in summary, the best case scenario would only see the utilization of 211,101 out of the delivered six, 974, 695 vials, if you, of course, uh, uh, subtracted uh, those that were taken uh, by uh, 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 SAPRA and uh, the the Defense Force itself. Now, this only represented 21.75% of the received vials. So the best case scenario is the use of 21.75%. And, and, and the worst case in doomsday scenario is the use of nothing, of none of the vials. And we then say, we, we advise, next slide, we then advised uh, the minister that actually uh, there isn't much of a difference uh, between the best case scenario and the doomsday scenario. 
whichever way is heads you lose, tail you lose. Uh, that's where uh, the defense force was at that time. Uh, it was checkmate, checkmate time. Uh, we, we raised that matter. The slide 33 tries to talk to that. And we made, as we, as we conclude, Chairperson, we made two key recommendations. We said to the minister, we advise you should consider very urgently acceding to the Cuban request to return 500,000 vials or even more for urgent use in Cuba before expiry of the medication. This, we said, should be accompanied by the high level, by a high level diplomatic engagement with the Cuban government to manage the potentially serious political fallout that would result from such a change. Jefferson, it is common cause that the Republic of South Africa post-1994 has a very close relationship with the Cuban government. The military in South Africa has a very close relationship with the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Cuba. And we warned that as we give you this advice to return this, uh, there might be some serious fallouts uh, here. So please engage, if you were to consider this, engage the Cuban government uh, so that you, you mitigate, uh, 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 rather you meditate against uh, this fallout. The second recommendation is a broad recommendation which basically talks to consequence management. We were saying, we said to the minister, he should consider taking this report and taking it to the appropriate structures, particularly the IG, uh, Inspector General of the Department of Defense, and the Provost Marshal General of the Department of Defense. For purposes of those officials, determining whether any or not any steps should be taken against any person or groups of persons mentioned in this report in terms of the PFMA and particularly the Medicines and Related Substances Act. Because in the SNDF, there's a way of dealing with discipline. If you are accused, if there is an issue against you, you go through what's called a board of inquiry. Uh, you are not tried and tested, tried and, and found guilty by a ministerial task team. It doesn't work that way. There's a, a board of inquiry that is set for you and you have to respond to them. Jefferson, subsequent to the, as we end, subsequent to the uh, submission of our report, we have learned that one of our recommendations has been acceded to. But we want, uh, we are not in a position to talk to it uh, because uh, it happened after we finished our report. And uh, as Chairperson, uh, as, uh, as a lawyer, would, you, you would know that once uh, a committee such as ours hands over a report to the person who commissioned the report, that committee becomes functus officio. So therefore, we are functus, and anything that happened out after we submitted our report is something that we cannot engage with. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, thank you very much, um, uh, 
Dr. Lubisi, uh, for your presentation. I, I thought I should allow the, the presentation because um, um, in, in the style of uh, preparing slides, um, there is information that you reserve for oral uh, presentation. Uh, that <clears throat> in, at times it's better you wait until both until the the the, 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 the slides the presentation has been made to determine whether you still want more information. So thank you very much indeed. Uh, you you have added some information as you're doing the, as you're doing the presentation um, uh, as expected. I think I was not wrong in allowing you to do so. Right, and that's the first part. And um, I know that the AG has, um, you know, uh, sent me a letter which I've circulated to all members of the committee where <clears throat> they comment on one uh, of the findings. Uh, I want to believe that um, uh, the presenter uh, did um, uh, touch on it, but I would still ask the AG just to check if uh, there's still more uh, that they want to say on that matter. One, and then two, the chair of the board of uh, SAPRA has indicated that she too, they would want to, uh, you know, make a, a comment, one or two, on, on the findings. And then thirdly, the, the SNDF, in the, at the end, um, Dr. Lubisi says, uh, they, they've subsequently learned that um, one of the recommendations have been acceded to and uh, I don't know who would talk to that, whether it is the chief of the SNDF or the SECDF. Why I'm saying this is, is to allow first so that we get the complete picture of where the, 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 the matter is at now. Julius, Julius, Jonka, or Jonka, please, uh, can you mute? And uh, it's, it's, it's important that we get that confirmed because it tells us what uh, the state of the whole discussion is, uh, the state of them, the, 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 the status, the current status. So it will give us the, 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 the current status uh, of the uh, position of the drugs in relation to the discussion that we are having today. So now let me come back first. Let me start with uh, AG. AG, let me invite you so that you read into the record and also indicate whether uh, in the presentation that issue has not been addressed to your satisfaction. Uh, AG. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Um, yes, person, indeed, the presenter uh, did uh, touch on the matter uh, during the presentation, but I think I must, uh, I must just also from our side just uh, clarify the matter. It, it, it relates to slide 22 uh, of the presentation, uh, where um, the, the statement is made that the Auditor General flagged only the irregularity of procuring the interferon without the South African Health Procurement Regulatory Authority Agency SAPA approval 
and not an irregularity relating to the supply chain management uh, uh, process lapses. Um, we did, however, uh, raise a finding in the second report, special report on COVID-19 in 2020, uh, where we highlighted shortcomings uh, relating to the procurement of the drug, and this included the use of an open-ended contract uh, under operation to Sano for procuring the drug. Uh, furthermore, during the final audit of the 2021 financial year, uh, we also uh, raised a specific finding uh, uh, in the management report um, relating to um, all the procurement uh, under Project Tusano, uh, where our finding is that um, that procurement is not in compliance with Section 217 of the Constitution um, or with the National Treasury instruction notes and prescripts. And, and, and as a result, all the expenditure incurred under Operation Tusano uh, should be regarded as irregular expenditure, uh, which was at that point in time in excess of 1 billion rands. Uh, the department disagrees with uh, that finding of the Auditor General, um, and therefore uh, that formed part of the qualification on the completeness of irregular expenditure in the financial statements. The audit report was issued on uh, 17 September 2021. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, thank you very much, um, uh, Lawrence. But uh, I think the, the, the point that is critical is that at the time of uh, writing the report, I think the position was correct. It's true that subsequently you've then raised um, uh, in the subsequent report, you made, uh, you raised further um, uh, findings uh, on, on, on the, on the uh, on the two contracts, all right. And uh, now let's let, let me check, check with um, uh, Sabra, uh, Professor Reeves. I understand the the CEO is also in the meeting. Um, thank you very much, Honourable Chairperson and Honourable Deputy Minister, uh, members of the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee, and uh, members of the MTT, Dr. Lubusi, and uh, colleagues from the SNDF. Um, the, the, the issue I would like to raise just at the beginning, I'd just like to raise two issues. One is a, a more general issue that perhaps gives a little bit more context. But from the SAPRA's point of view and from the SAPRA board perspective and from the executive team, unfortunately, we have not had sight of this report. We were sent the set of PowerPoint slides that we've just been shown. Thank you for that. Um, so we're only able to respond to the slides. And what we would request is that we do get the full report because we have noted, as you could expect from a review like this, that there are some things that would need to be corrected that are quite significant just in the slides. Um, and uh, Dr. Sametti will, will just give a very high level comment on that. But I, I just want to say something else because I do think it adds context. I think that first slide about the the context in the early days of the pandemic is extremely important. Um, interferon at that time, right way back at the beginning, was one of the drugs of many drugs that we really hoped would make a difference to COVID, either in prevention or for treatment. Um, subsequently, there were some trials done, and unfortunately, interferon wasn't, hasn't been shown to be effective either for prevention or for, for treatment. And this is the view of the World Health Organization. Um, within South Africa, it's the view of the 
the Ministerial Advisory Committee on, on Therapeutics. And we have another committee called the National Essential Medicines List Committee, which is focusing on COVID products only. And similarly, they have found no evidence to support this. But the point was, at the time when these negotiations began, uh, there, were, there was hope. And subsequently, many of the therapeutics that we've had hope for have had to fall away, and we're left with not nearly as many as we started with. So I think that's an important piece of context about why people were reaching out. And remember, when this all started, we also didn't have effective vaccines. So indeed, people were looking for solutions. But as I say, as we sit here today, unfortunately, uh, what we might have hoped for with interferon or with many other therapeutics hasn't uh, come to being. However, we did send a letter, uh, Honorable Chairperson, to yourself, and I would like to ask Dr. Sumeti just to raise some very high-level issues that I think are quite important in this understanding. Uh, the last thing I would say is, indeed, I, I would support uh, uh, Dr. Lebusi's comment that, that uh, SAPRA, as an incredibly important regulatory authority for the health sector, would be very keen to work very closely with the SANDF. And, and that's why we are extremely keen to get a common understanding of the legislative framework that we work in, because I think that that might be one of the misunderstandings here. If I may stop here and ask Dr. Sumeti to make some comments, please. Okay, no, thanks. Dr. Sumeti? Thank you very much, uh, uh, Helen, and good day, uh, honorable uh, members, um, good day, Chair, as well as um, the MTT. And thank you again for inviting us um, to this uh, meeting to uh, listen in on this presentation, but also to share our preliminary views on this. As the Chair has said, we haven't seen the full report, and so once we receive that, we will give a substantive um, comment on it because there's quite a number of uh, what we view as inaccuracies um, in this report that we would like to categorically um, respond to. Um, and, and in doing so, I think I just want to state, I think, some important factors that need to be considered as we deliberate on this matter. The first point is, is around the objects um, of SAPRAN. And our objects are clearly outlined in the Medicines and Related Substances Act. And it speaks to our role in terms of ensuring that there's access to safe quality and effective uh, medicines. It also speaks to our oversight role when it comes to the investigation, inspection, registration, and um, oversight of clinical trials um, for these health products. The Act also, um, Chair, if I could just expand on that, it indicates that we need to act in the interest of the public without any exception as we make safe, quality, and efficacious products available to the country. Now, in saying this, it is important that we know that the Medicines and Related Substances Act specifically binds the state, and all state entities are required to comply with the law. Nowhere in the Medicines Act is there an exemption. We've also looked at this matter in terms of the relevant act for the uh, 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 South African National Defense, um, and nowhere there do we see any exemption when it comes to um, health products. And therefore, military personnel in any work related to um, health products that need authorization need to comply with the Medicines Act. I want to also highlight, Minister, that we've been in engagements with the SNDF and the military health services, indeed, as the MTT has shown um, since 2020, in trying to uh, uh, address this matter, and correctly so, 
you know, being both entities of the state, we needed to find a mechanism to, to, to address this. I want to highlight that um, the, the offer, as it said in the report, that there was a withdrawal of the offer on the clinical trial. That is indeed incorrect. There was a submission to clinical trial after many delays. We responded, we gave queries on this matter, and these were not adequately um, responded to. This led to the clinical trial not being authorized. So it wasn't a withdrawal of the offer. It was a clinical trial that was not authorized because it didn't meet the regulatory requirements. But also in our efforts of trying to cooperate, we also evoked the intergovernmental framework as the MTT um, clearly indicates that there are mechanisms in place for us as entities of the state to engage when there are such matters. We evoked this. We didn't get much support um, when, when this was communicated and we asked that we utilize um, this mechanism. If I could just reflect on, on, on the, the next part around um, the import of the medicines. Um, indeed, as the, the, the report says that we had insufficient scientific evidence that would enable us to make authorization for the sorry, And then sorry, lastly, Chair, just sorry, the God. last point I'm wrapping up. Sorry, Chair, uh, apologies no, for that. Um, let me tell you why I was raising this point. It's We all have not seen the full report and we don't know what is uh, content therein. Maybe the issues they're addressing uh, would be in the report uh, itself. Um, I don't know how, to what extent you want to take uh, this discussion. Uh, over to. Okay, no, no, not to a large extent, um, Chair. And as we said, we would really appreciate the opportunity to give a full um, response to that. I just want to um, just raise one last matter. And, and I'm sure the, the SNDF would have also indicated that the latest feedback um, that we have as SAPRA on this matter, and again, demonstrating um, you know, that we were uh, operating as per the prescripts of the Medicines Act is that we received communication yesterday um, from the SNDF that they have repatriated um, Hebron Alpha and they provided us with the, um, uh, all the evidence that's required. We are busy reviewing that. So as we um, sit today, we've got that um, confirmation from them and we will then um, you know, be, be, be reviewing that. But again, thank you for the opportunity and we look forward to the full report. Thank you so much. All right. Um... Okay, um, Sekdev, uh, or, or, or Sekdev or the chief, uh, do you want to uh, say anything um, just to tighten up the loose ends like the other two agencies have done before I um, uh, allow members to ask uh, questions of um, clarity and uh, make their own comments? Thank you, Honorable Chairperson, um, I think the report has been re uh, presented by the by the MTT, and um, and as it was mentioned, that the report really belongs to the minister as the person who initiated the process. So we will all comb through the reports and raise the issues that really need to be raised, and then of course there are clear recommendations as well that come out of uh, the report. And then um, I, I think, uh, Chairperson, we did uh, uh, maybe uh, just to confirm that, yes, uh, there is the process uh, that can also be followed if two government institutions 
don't find each other, which is through the Intergovernmental Act. And I think uh, the presenter of the report did allude to that. And uh, 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 so, Chairperson, I think that uh, from my side, I would rather, uh, I have the chief of the SANDF deal with the matter um, because then as the report has uh, uh, alluded to earlier, was that the matter was largely also discussed around the military command council and the chief is the person that sits there and that also um, chairs the meeting. And I think they would be much in a, in a much better position than myself to articulate on some of the issues that have been raised and maybe also to get their aspect on the, on the, on the whole issue. Um, so if you'd allow me, Chair, and through UDM, maybe we let the chief of the SANDF to come on. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Sektef. Um, uh, it's now the opportunity to, for the chief uh, just to say one or two things. Thank you, Honorable Chair and members of the committee. Allow me to put uh, three things in context without any form of accusation to any sister state department, nor as a subjective defense on the part of the DOD. Uh, Honorable Chair, the South African National Defense Force indeed had an engagement from time to time with SAFRA, uh, starting off with uh, an application for the use of Ebron R as an, an immunomodulator among stable COVID-19, which was explored by SEMS from the 27th of August 2020. On the 5th, of October, SAPRA granted us the Section 21 approval for Hebron R to be used as an immunomodulator for one patient. That was the initial engagement that we had with SAPRA. And uh, I, I wouldn't like to really delve much in terms of other further engagement that actually saw us seeing that it's like more of the goalpost moving to the right. I will just cite that. Um, uh, we also, on the same note, applied for a bulk uh, trial, which was actually uh, rejected. But uh, we then we went back and tried to apply again for the Section 21 for one patient again. But uh, when we, we started to go back into the electronic application form, we found that uh, certain fields were closed, and that was now the beginning of a long struggle of uh, engagement in trying to resolve the impasse. Uh, Honorable Chair, allow me not to delve much on that, but I just wanted to indicate that, yes, indeed, there has been interaction between SAPRA and the DOD. I want to also, Honorable Chair, bring the next issue that the committee must actually be made aware of in the matter pertaining to the port of entry of interferon 2B via Air Force Base waterproof. We do really respect the laws of our country and we do really uh, re respect that uh, uh, in terms of uh, the act, the identified port of entry excludes Air Force Base waterproof. Yes. That we acknowledge, uh, but the act does, as, as uh, 
Madame Smeta indicated, the Act does not give exception to the DOD, but the Act is equally silent on the interface with uh, the Defense Act on the basis that the, the SNDF has a responsibility for force protection as well as on matters that are related to nuclear, biological, chemical warfare. And as such, waterproof Air Force Base, being the Air Force Base of the Defense Force, is the, is the right place for the Defense Force to, to engage on whatever form of activities. I want to say this, uh, Honorable Chair, on the basis that um, when interference was being important, the NED joined and through the National Coordinating Command Council, declared all ports closed as a result of the declaration of the state of national disaster on the 26th of March 2020. And on that basis, it left the Defense Force with only one solution. If we had to protect our soldiers, and if we had identified that uh, medicine as the, the, the one of the ways that we will protect the people that will be getting into the field in the face, core phase of the battle, we had to use either waterproof or any other military base. That is the second issue that uh, I, I, I wanted to bring to the attention of the committee. Honorable Chair, I also just want to to thank uh, Sapra and uh, the, 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 the committee to say that uh, in line with the MTT recommendations and the instructions of Sapra for us to either take back the medicine or get the medicine destroyed or find ourselves with the medicine that are now uh, that, that is expired. The South African National Defense Forces since complied and send the medicine back to Cuba. We are currently writing letters both to SAPRA and also to the Auditor General and the, people, the interested parties that um, we, we, we felt we should uh, engage after we have uh, complied. I submit you. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Chief. Uh, of the South African uh, Defense Force for the comments. Colleagues, we have listened to the presentation and the comments uh, from the other three uh, agencies, um, uh, AG South Africa, SAPRA, and the Department uh, Stroke uh, SNDF. Um, colleagues, the minister who's the the owner of the, 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 the property owner um, of this report is not in the meeting. I, I don't know how much discussion you want to take in her absence, number, number one. And, um, and number two, she has not made any determination as to when uh, the, release, the report will be released, if it will ever be released. Um, uh, my feeling is that we defer full discussion on the matter until the time uh, the minister is back, um, uh, save for just questions of clarity. 
and uh, just um, uh, comments of a general nature. I don't know if I do, uh, you do support me on that one. Mr. Murray, you wanted um, you were, you wanted to say something right at the beginning. I'm not too sure if uh, it's not time. You, I cannot. You have not been covered. Um, if you have not been covered, I grant you the opportunity, Mr. Murray. Uh, I've actually raised my hand to um, ask. You know, you've said that uh, we have the opportunity to in, 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 uh, interact with uh, and to make comments in that regard. So. Uh, um, yeah, some, some of it has been addressed, um, and I think uh, what is very important, uh, Chair, is that, uh, you know, my biggest concern is that is the, 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 the actual report, and I think SAPRA also reflected on that in terms of, of what is in the report. You will recall that last year, I think it was just before we broke for, for, for the elections, that Minister Modise as promised that within three weeks we will get the, uh, the report. Uh, so I hope that the minister will get the report. And I think from today you will, you, you will also have um, uh, experienced that without the report, it is so difficult to get an objective view. Um, can I just ask you, um, in terms of your um, basically request or suggestion that we defer discussions, Will the ministerial task team at that stage also be present and SAPRA? Because I have got uh, questions for clarity to both of them. Um, so if they will be present at that meeting with the minister, um, then, then, then I can defer my, my questions of clarity. Otherwise, I would, I would very much like to, to pose those questions to them, if, uh, if you will allow me. Okay, let, let me hear uh, what uh, Honorable Mutle has to say. I'm sure he, he will also touch on the same uh, issue as well. Uh, Honorable Mutle? No, thanks, Chair, uh, for, for the opportunity. Uh, I, want, I want to support your proposal uh, on the basis that uh, uh, it will give an opportunity to to the minister to consolidate uh, her own report out of this report to say what is it that uh, they have actioned out of uh, the report of the MTT, and it will also grant an opportunity to to bodies like Sabra because uh, seemingly they want to dispute some of. Uh, 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 the findings that the uh, MTT has made. By the time we meet, uh, let's ensure that uh, everybody has consolidated and we are able to deal with the matter once and for all and, and, and put it to rest. Thank you very much. Okay. No, uh, thanks. Thank you so much. I think there is support for the deferral of the uh, discussion uh, on the matter uh, until uh, <clears throat> until the time when uh, the minister is, is, is back. And um, <clears throat> so maybe that's okay. Just before I conclude the Shalembe, let me check who else uh, so that I don't uh, shut uh, colleagues out. Uh, Shalembe, you seem to be the last person, uh, at least from the committee side, to speak on the matter. Shalembe? 
thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, I think I, would, uh, I must concur, I mean, uh, with the other members that uh, it's better if uh, this uh, matter is deferred uh, until, I mean, uh, the minister has a uh, look on it and uh, be available for us. But uh, Chairperson, my request, uh, I don't know, to other members, as we know that, I mean, uh, each and every minute, I mean, uh, the money is stolen from government departments and people, I mean, uh, just go uh, without uh, being, uh, I mean, um, penalized for those I mean, things. I'm just checking the look. I think this matter is very, very urgent. I mean, if you look at it now, I'm not getting the clear picture as to when can I be... Um, I don't want to say guaranteed, but I want to, say, I mean, uh, to be put on a picture that uh, the minister will be available to us as a matter of agency. Because now if say, uh, we just say when the minister is available or when the minister uh, comes back, you know, I'm left uh, like open thing that I'm not sure, or can't we put the time frames that, I mean, not later than that, so that, I mean, we know that the minister will try her best to ensure that, I mean, uh, she avails um, herself to us and the matter is dealt urgently. Otherwise, Chairperson, take my words. People, each and every minute are thinking of how, I mean, uh, to steal. Look, the department now is like collapsing. There's no money, I mean, I mean uh, to do some I mean, projects. But when it comes to those things like where they can make or can do the wrong things, the money is available. But when it comes to the issues where, I mean, the soldiers, they want something, there is no money, they can't work, I mean, on the borderlines because there's no money, they can't fix their cars. But when it comes to issues, I mean, money is available. I'm requesting, Chairperson, uh, I mean, your, 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 your wisdom. How can we ensure that, I mean, the minister avails herself as a matter of agency I don't want, I mean, uh, to delay, to have this matter delayed any longer, uh, Chairperson. Thank you. No, thanks. Look, Bakshilembe, it's, it's not out of her choosing that uh, she is not in the meeting. Um, she's not well. And um, let's give her time to recuperate. And um, she's not she's not just gone uh, a wall. Um, uh, there is a valid um, uh, apology. So, and therefore, uh, unless we, I think we don't doubt that um, she, she is not well. So obviously she would, once she has recuperated and she's, she's fit and discharged, she will then uh, come back um, and, and do her work. So it's difficult for me to, to say when, um, but the work of the committee will continue. But this one uh, obviously is subject to her being uh, present. And um, so I will discuss with her the request for the report to, to be released so that when she says no, it must be on um, convincing grounds the, why the report uh, cannot be released, one. And two, there is also a, a request uh, from SAPRA that the report be shared with them so that um, they are then able to respond um, on issues for the benefit of this committee. 
uh, AG uh, South Africa is also an interest uh, party uh, in, in the matter. They too expect a full report because it's difficult to report, to respond uh, comprehensively to slides. Like we said, slides, yes, but in oral, you get some more information, and uh, but the detail is um, in, in the actual report. So, so it's critical that at least the, the, the report be shared with those bodies, um, AG, um, SAPRA, and ourselves as, as an interest uh, party in the matter. But I will raise that with the minister and also inform her that we have deferred discussion on the matter um, to the time when she, she is present in the meeting. DM, are you happy with this, uh, Honourable Deputy Minister? Uh, Chairperson, uh, thank you very much and to honorable members of the committee. Um, <clears throat> Chair, what I can say from, uh, from my side is that uh, indeed the matter is better concluded with the advice of the executive authority, the minister, taken into account. I do concur with that sentiment of the committee. But secondly, to say that the reports of the fraternal statutory bodies and uh, their views on the MTT, the Ministerial Task Team report, uh, are noted and are taken to heart uh, <clears throat> and uh, will uh, assist in a very responsible an appropriate conclusion to the matter. Uh, <clears throat> the, the minister will be able to share with the committee her views on the recommendation of this uh, MTT report. Uh, <clears throat> there are basically two recommendations there. And uh, as you would have noted, the one has already almost like, you know, been made the, you know, uh, water under the bridge. But there is a second recommendation about, uh, you know, processes administratively go that uh, should be considered. The minister will be able to speak to those. Uh, <clears throat> from, uh, from where I sit, Chair, I think uh, uh, the meeting was a, a, a very helpful exercise for us to be on the same wavelength. Uh, and now we're talking, you know, solutions and way forward. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, Chair, uh, 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 MTT, do, I'm sorry, I should have called you in first before the Deputy Minister. Um, uh, I don't think it, there is anything really reserved for you uh, because we are deferring the discussion. And um, you have presented your report, and uh, and 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 you are now funtus officio, as um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dr. Lubisi has said it. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, but I'm not closing you if there is any critical issue that you would have wanted to make. No, thank you, Chair. Uh, I'm covered. You are covered. Yeah. You know, so much. I, I think colleagues, we 
we, we, we dealt with this matter and in a mature way. And, um, and we're actually allowing all uh, agencies to express themselves so that by the time we, the matter finally lands before us, we have received a proper, a well-considered uh, advice from all the three agencies that um, we started the, uh, this matter with uh, at the beginning, SAPRA, AG, and, um, and DOD stroke uh, SNDF. So we started with this matter with, with them. But of course, uh, all of it coordinated under the, under the auspices or the authority of the, of the minister. With that, colleagues, it... Yes, sir. Yes, uh, yes uh, my, my, my apologies. Uh, yes. Just my question to you, will, will the... Uh, because I, I have got other one question for clarity. Um, um, uh, will the uh, ministerial task team and SAPRA then also be obliged to, uh, to attend that meeting so that we can... If we, you know, because there's, there's an, an, a, a vast amount of anomalies in this uh, report as represented to us. So will they be present so that we can ask questions for clarity? Otherwise, we must, I must do it now. And then secondly, um, the, the, it, it is just said that they have complied with the one recommendation and that's returning of veils. The, the, I just want to know if they can give us an indication of how many veils was returned because the recommendation is for 500,000 or even more. Um, so, so if, if maybe the chief uh, can just give us an, an indication if it's more than the 500,000 and if, if possible, how many was returned. Thank you. No, that's fine. Uh, I think that that is fair uh, to ask that question. And then you, you are right that if we are deferring um, a discussion on the matter, uh, the questions that you would have asked, you know, and in, in which require them to, 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 to respond, if they're not in the meeting, it, it would not be responded to. It's proper that um, we even defer that to that time. We'll, we'll, um, we'll invite them. This time, uh, we'll send them a proper invite um, to, to, to this meeting. I'm sure by then, we would have received uh, their written uh, comments uh, on, 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 on the report. No, no, I, I, I do grant that, uh, Mr. Mare. But there's a second critical question that you asked and um, to the chief of the South African Defense Force as to if they say they've complied uh, um, uh, with one recommendation, um, uh, to what extent has that been complied with? Is it to the full extent of what is recommended in that first recommendation? or part thereof, or you they've exceeded what was recommended. Uh, the chief? Thank, thank you, Honorable Chair and members of the committee. I just want to indicate that uh, we have uh, returned all that was required to be returned. Uh, and so we haven't uh, confined ourselves to the 500,000 vials. Thank you, Honorable Chair. So you've retained whatever was available uh, to be retained? That's everything. That's fantastic news. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we're looking at the general. Okay. No, it's fine. But obviously, we'll get that um, um, when the minister finally present the thing, uh, the, the details of it. No, no, no. I, I think she, 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 she has responded, Mr. Mar. I mean, he has responded. Are you? I'm sure we are satisfied with it. Uh, I'm certainly not satisfied, but he has responded. Uh, so that's the only truth. Um, you know, it's 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 now up for speculation, well, which is which is bad. Which is bad. It's not transparent. Uh, General, you are opening uh, yourself up to more questions. Uh, is it you can't be categorical on on, on this one? The chief is not there. Honorable, honorable chair and members of the committee, I, I was very open to indicate that um, all that was required to be returned we have returned, and that is over and above the 500 that was uh, stipulated. SAPRA has re received a report so far, and uh, I think during the deliberations, uh, that will also come out uh, in the next uh, discussion. I, I, I would like to indicate on the blue chair that uh, uh, the, the, the military would like to be very exact. And uh, okay. when we, 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 we speak of, of Line it's not uh, uh, in the in the in the in the way that we would like to respond to this matter. And I said we have returned all what was required to be returned, and uh, we will. Uh, it, it is over and above the 500 as recommended by the the MTT. Thank you, Honourable. That's fine. I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, th thank you very much, um, uh, Chief. Uh, colleagues, I, I think uh, <clears throat> what is left for me now is to thank um, um, the Deputy Minister, uh, SecDef, the Chief of the South African Defence Force, and um, the Chair of um, SAPRA, and, and the team, and, uh, and, and uh, AG South Africa and the team, and, and, and then say that they are free to, to leave uh, in the meeting. Um, I, this item is now uh, concluded uh, for today and the discussion deferred to a later date. Thank you so much, colleagues. We can then move to the next item. Thank you very much, Chair, uh, for having us. Thank you, Chair. Thanks, Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, colleagues. Right. Thank you, uh, Thank you, Thank you, uh, Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Chair. Uh, all right. Chair, um, Chair, just just before we proceed. Yes. Um, obviously, you know the you know the media was part of the meeting, and we don't want to make this a you know a sensational thing. Um, but all of this started two years ago. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the National Defense Force and Department of Defense is supposed to be the highest, the best example of discipline. Um, and, and what we have seen and what we have experienced uh, is quite the contrary. Even, even the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure has responded better to, to other questions that uh, the DOD has not responded to of the SNDF. So, so somewhere along the line, we will have to have a maybe a very, um, you know, a heart-to-heart, -heart, uh, confidential, professional, collegial 
discussion also with the minister uh, and maybe the sector as well, because I mean, it is it is very very frustrating um, if if things are dragged out and and the defence force is supposed to be the most disciplined organisation and department in this whole government and and it seems like quite the contrary, especially if you look at the IS SIU report that has just been released yesterday as well. So I must just register that and uh, and and really somewhere along the line there must be a discussion. We have talked about this that it must improve. And then, then we see snippets of improvement, and then it's fallen back again to the old way. So I don't know who is influencing what, uh, but it is not acceptable the way that it's been dragged out so far. So thank you for that, just raising that with you. Thank you. All right. Okay, colleagues, thanks. Uh, let's move. Um, Brian, uh, please just uh, beam the, the program. I just want to indicate the, the change that um, we are effecting. Brian, <laughs> which, 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 uh, it's a closed meeting, right? The closed meeting was supposed to be on the 16th of February. And, uh, and, and now it coincides with the, the debate on the state of the national address. Am I correct, Brian? That is correct, sir. All right. And uh, we thought uh, we don't want to interfere with that. Uh, we better move it to a date that, of course, there is never a date that is completely free, but, um, but at least we thought 9th of uh, March is less encumbered. Um, so to take a, a discussion that uh, General uh, Yam and as representing the defense said um, she would want she, he would want it transacted in a closed meeting all right so do you accept this amendment colleagues uh just from my side um yes i accept either that that change and i will support that however in terms of today's meeting um obviously we must now first find out how serious the um the, the illness of of the minister is and that no 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 I, I just I just want to flag that no. we will have to that we have to be flag flexible that should the minister become available no no, no wait 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 let's finish one let's finish one item uh, Mr Mare let's finish one item so no, no, but I'm 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 on this I'm on this on this point because otherwise we are deferring the 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 meeting with the minister to the second or the third term. And my request is just that if it happens that the minister is available or becomes available and you know when that will be, that we be flexible to even move some of this to the third term, uh, uh, to the second term, to, to, um, you know, to, to, to be able to, uh, to accommodate the minister. That, that is my only request, that we keep that open. A valid request, a valid request. Okay, yeah, so, cool. so Brian, please let's note it that uh, <clears throat> uh, let's keep an eye uh, that we'll prioritize the reinstatement. I think that's what he, uh, Mr. Murray, is suggesting the reinstatement uh, of the discussion on the interferon. Okay, um, sure. We'll, we'll, no, thanks, Mr. Murray. Uh, all right, colleagues. 
Uh, is, is there any other item, colleagues, that uh, on this agenda, uh, that on the, on the program? But we're just introducing this one change, and uh, Mr. Marais is raising a, a, you know, a matter arising from the earlier discussion. So that concludes the discussion on the uh, on, on the program. Can you then deal with? Can we deal with the minutes, colleagues? Chairperson, uh, just a, just another question okay. from me with regards to programs, and, I, and it's not about this program. I know that last year we talked about the possibility of of maybe have oversight uh, now in end of January, uh, and it was indicated to us that there's there's challenges and that the, the chair of chairs. Um, but now I picked up that there are various uh, committees that are on oversight all over the country. Um, why, why was it not granted to us uh, if it was granted to the other committees? I, I, I've just picked that up and I was just saying to myself, why not us? So maybe you have got information. I don't, I don't, I certainly don't. I also became jealous. <laughs> um, Brian, what was the reason that we couldn't have uh, 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 an oversight? Um, in, in January, do, do and the, the, chair, there was no provision <coughs> in the, the uh, House Chair's uh, uh, guidelines to say committees may embark on such. So uh, I'm not sure how those committees got to, but I know that some of them uh, are doing public hearings, but oh. I also know that there are a few that are doing oversight although there was no provision for such in the house chairs like lights. No, 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 no. I understand exactly what you, you are saying. And maybe in the future, that's what Mr. Mare is saying. Uh, we should uh, try and check if, um, even if it's not provided for, whether it is prohibited uh, to do it outside that environment. No, it's fine. We, we will do it um, in, in the future, Mr. Mare. No, thank you so much. And then, but, uh, on, I'm sorry, Chair, on, on our current program, we do make provision for towards the end of the term for an oversight. We, we, I, I will be submitting in due course the application for, for that with you, Chair. Yes, yes, yes. I saw it is on the program. Yes. Hey, no okay. international visit. No international visit. When are you leading us to overseas, Chair? Uh, no, why must it be overseas? Because an intentional visit can take you to uh, Swaziland. Uh, to uh, <laughs> and, uh, okay, uh, uh, colleagues, let's 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 look at the agenda. Sorry, the the minutes. Um, page one of the minutes. Right. Um, right, and uh, page two, right, page three, uh, page four, uh, still dealing with corrections, and I was sick, and the chairperson CV. Item number six. Oh. Ooh. Okay, move it up. Okay, that will be corrected. All right. Um, any, any, okay, the last page, uh, just take us to the last page. 
Next page. All right. Okay. Colleagues, um, these are the minutes. Uh, can I just get an indication of support? Acceptance. Uh, who's moving? Chair, I move for the acceptance of the minutes. It's a welcome, welcome uh, <laughs> Sandra. How are you? I'm fine, Chair. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You. Right. Uh, Sandra has moved. Uh, Honorable uh, Bukas has moved. Did I see Shalemba's name? Send. Uh, colleagues, any seconder? <laughs> any seconder? Seconded, chair. Tabo Mutle, honorable member, seconded. Okay, colleagues, um, thank you very much. The, min the minutes are accepted. Right, uh, colleagues, I, I don't know. Is there any other matter that we are not, that, that, that we have not dealt with, uh, um, Brian? No, chair. This was the last item. Thank you very much. Okay, colleagues. Chair, uh, yes, chair. sir. Yes, Tabo. Uh, I, I know it's not part of the agenda, but uh, I think uh, it's imperative that I raise it here so that uh, uh, we consider putting it on our program there uh, and get uh, a, a report on the event of uh, fire that broke at the waterproof uh, base. Oh, okay, okay. Because it's something that is not prog uh, we have not uh, put in our program, but it's something that uh, 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 the portfolio committee needs to 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 engage with. Okay, you you are right, Peter. Uh, Peter Daniels, are you in the meeting? Uh, <clears throat> I, I was going to. Uh, Brian, please talk to to Prita. Um, uh, uh, yes, chair. I'm in a meeting. Sorry for that. Uh, sure. And um, when are we receiving? I think we need to amend the the program of the JSCD to incorporate the latest letters of deployment. I think there are two letters of deployment that um, uh, needed to be incorporated into the program. This one. And then, in so doing, let's add this item that um, Honorable Tabo is talking about: a briefing on the the the, the fire uh, at uh, the, the waterproof uh, air force uh, base. Okay, thank you, Chair. We'll do. You'll do. Okay. So, so uh, TM, it will be accommodated on the JSCD site. Are you happy with that? No, no, I'm, I'm happy, Chair. Thank you so much. Colleagues, thank you very much. I thank all of you. I think the meeting started well and it ends well. Thanks. The meeting stands adjourned. Thanks to all everyone. Thank you, Chair. Recording stopped.